From cabinets to coffins, this episode of McHistory tells the story of John L. Walcott, Bloomington's first undertaker. I came here July 2nd, 1843, and Squire Fair, Lyman Fair, and myself commenced and carried on a wagon and cabinet shop. I was raised in the business. My father was an undertaker, and I began work when quite young. And I cannot remember of ever having the feeling of horror that so many people experience. This is Bill Kemp, librarian. Seth Wheeler, volunteer at the McLean County Museum of History. John L. Walcott was born in Massachusetts, and he learns the cabinet and undertaking trade from his father. Um, And those two uh, trades were often closely aligned. Obviously, the cabinet trade, uh, you can build coffins, you can construct elaborate coffins, you can build different types of coffins, depending on the size of the individual or the money they're willing to pay for the coffin. So cabinet makers are often, at least early on, are also uh, community undertakers, and that's the case with John. Walcott. To me, the sleeping and the dead are but pictures. And while I deeply sympathize from my heart with the bereaved, I deny the fact of ever experiencing horror of the dead. During the year that the collar was so bad here, and during the war when the smallpox was so prevalent, I could scarcely get anyone to help me, and oftentimes I have placed people in the coffin larger and heavier than myself. He comes to Bloomington in 1843. He's in his mid-30s, up-and-coming entrepreneur. And he likely becomes uh, the city's first undertaker. He's a cabinet maker. He partners with a, with a family business, but then he branches out on his own. Business is quite slow. Why? Because Bloomington is quite small. A lot of rural folk, right, are just burying their dead on their farmsteads themselves. There's no need for an undertaker. Uh, but, uh, but there are uh, a, a periodic uh, outbreaks of contagious, infectious diseases, sometimes quite horrific. We sold more coffins during the year of 1855 than any year before or since. That was the year the Asiatic cholera visited Bloomington. During the month of August, when the disease was greatest, I sold 66 coffins. And my books show that during that year, I sold over 200 coffins. In 1855, we have the appearance in the Twin Cities of the Asiatic Cholera, one of the uh, supreme killers of the early settlement period and into the industrial age of the late 19th century. Um, And as we've heard uh, John Walcott say, he had to construct 200 coffins in that year, mostly because of the outbreak of cholera and what 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 an awful killer it proved to be. And he sold 127 in three months alone, June, July, and August. Cholera would always outbreak uh, or always uh, emerge in, in the warmer months. We made all the coffins then. I attended to furnishing coffins for the dead. In the year of 1854, I abandoned the cabinet work entirely as a business and established an undertaking business, and I have been in this business ever since. He was successful in the undertaking trade and had two patents that I really get a kick out of. One was a display case for coffins that you would, so you could uh, display coffins in the window of your storefront. Uh, And the other was for removable handles on a coffin. So the idea there is why bury the handles when you can reuse the handles, right? So the coffin is placed in, in the ground, but then you remove the handles and you can use that for the next coffin, a way to save money. Our coffins at first were made of walnut altogether, and the best were covered with velvet. The most of them then were plain walnut coffins. The common velvet was used then for covering coffins, save a few of the wealthier people who had their coffins covered with silk velvet. 
Walcott's life will end somewhat tragically. Uh, in August of 1887, his son William uh, Walcott, who at that time is in his mid-40s, is accused of murdering George Kurtz in a knife uh, attack on the stairs of the boarding house. We know this because we have a journal covering this period of John Walcott's life uh, in the collections of the archives of the McLean County Museum of History. So here we see the father visiting the son accused of murder at the McLean County Jail. On November 30th, after four months in jail, the trial occurs uh, and William Walcott is found uh, guilty of manslaughter and has to serve a five year term. But this is really the end of John Walcott's life. The father, he's devastated. This kind of rings the last little bit of energy he had. He is a uh, habitual diarist. We have his diaries. Uh, he was keeping a record every single day. But after his son's trial, uh, the accounts become more sporadic because his health is failing. And then on December 19th, the day he passes away, there's an entry, father died at 6.30 p.m. And that was put in by his daughter, kind of a coda to the life uh, of John Walcott. This episode of McHistory was produced by WGLT's Mary Cullen, featuring Bill Kemp of the McLean County Museum of History and Seth Wheeler, a volunteer at the museum. You can subscribe to the McHistory podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.